Hey, Tay. Yeah, Tim. Guess what? What, bud? Happy birthday! Woo! Well, this calls for a celebration. Yeah, let's fucking rage! How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I am your host, Taylor Gibson. Joining yes. me, as always, from the tropical metropolis of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jesse. Tim, I understand you were trying to cut into my intro a little bit there, bud. Yeah, I was excited, because it's your birthday. Yeah, boy. You know what that means, Tim. What? Cracking nice. the cruise. Whoop. I have a Diet Cola. <laughs> I, I am currently drinking a Miller High Life. It says oh. on the can, it is the champagne of beers. Does that mean it was made in France? Uh, well, let's have a look. I'm going to read the can. Uh, no. Then uh, it can't be champagne? No, it said it was brewed by well, Molson Coors Canada, which is in Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, Moncton, and St. John's. Yeah, because you can't be champagne if you're not made in the champagne region of France, even if you're the champagne of beers. True. I'm going to fight that analogy to the death. Fuck yeah, buds. <laughs> so, Tim, I understand last week that we did our Trade Center episode. And yep. we skipped over, talking about our week, talk about the week's episode. So we're going to return to that. How was your week, bud? I, I do know that you were in Ottawa this past week. Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately, no, I was not part of a consortium to buy the Ottawa Senators. Damn it, you know what? I could have made a quote, I could have made a clip there, Ad, you told me that. <laughs> it would have been a Ric Flair one, it would have been great. Fuck, you're right. Oh well. Uh, we gotta plan this shit better. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I don't know, Ottawa was fun. Um, most of you were just there to do some uh, math training for the sector. Okay, that I'm working in, uh, although it was mostly review. Right. But it was always good to go out to Ottawa. That's awesome. Now, did you go check out places like El Camino's and the Sconed Witch and, you know, Burgers and Fries Forever? Well, I did go to Burgers and Fries Forever, thank you very much, and I had a very wonderful chili burger. Which location did you go to? Did you go to the one in the, the market? I or? tried the market. And that one's actually going to be my new favorite. You see, maybe that was the thing, Tim. Maybe I didn't go to the one in the market. I went to the one down on near Elgin. The one near Elgin is their original location, and that's the one I usually go to. Because yeah. the one on the one in the market's new, and they've got the fancy new Coke machine. Oh, is that the one where the menu sort of comes up and you go like Coke, Diet Coke, Vanilla, Cherry Coke sort of deal? Yeah, and you can start mixing shit. Oh, that's fucking awesome. I love that. Movie theaters have that nowadays. Yeah, I remember the first time I... I forget where the first time I saw one. I think it was... Uh, I want to say it was in like the food court in the Rideau Center in Ottawa. But no, the burger was delicious. And then uh, another night we were there, I went to this... It's a chain rest... Like, a kind of a trendy chain called Warehouse. Right. Uh, there's two in Toronto and one in Vancouver. 
Okay. And one in the market, and uh, their gimmick is everything is five ninety five. Really? Well, I know I'm going to Vancouver at the end of March. Maybe I might have to check this place out. What's it called, Tim? Uh, warehouse. Warehouse. Okay, I'll have to Google that after the episode. Yeah. So yeah, their big thing is everything's five ninety five, and uh, for the fact that everything's five ninety five, the food's pretty good. Oh, nice man. Like it's nothing amazing, but it's a decent sized beef dip and a decent rack. Like a half rack of ribs and fries, each not five ninety five. Wow, that's I can't believe they actually sell that for that price. They get you on the booze. Ah, uh, see, that's where they get you at, right there, man. Although I guess uh, they actually had a special on for uh, I think it was eighteen bucks, so five ninety five times three, where you got a met an MJD and plus two uh, Jaeger bombs. Hmm. Shit, son. That sounds like a good time to me. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Jaeger bombs are my get-fucked-up juice. I've, I've heard about, I've heard some stories about that, Tim. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a podcast where we have, have only two games, I can share some of them. Yeah, we'll have to look into the schedule later on and check those out. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, it's yeah, great cause... to hear that your time in Ottawa was great. We didn't discuss this last week, but I understand Chelsea got some pretty good news, though. Oh yeah, uh, we've uh, settled on what grad school we're go that she's going to be going to, and we're staying in Calgary. Right on, man. See, yeah, Tim. I told it. you everything would work out for Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But I guess at that point, it means we're going to be looking for either to buy our own condo or uh, buy a house. Right on. Now you'll. This is going to keep you in Calgary for the next four or five years, yeah. at least. Okay. Probably. It's great to hear, man. Mm-hmm. Well, it means more rowdy times at the Stampede. Oh shit, son! Well, and believe you're me, we on do, out. exactly. We got. I do got some plans to come out there. We we do got to work out some details first, but we'll get to that in due time. Yep. So let me tell you about my week, Tim, because it's been a pretty eventful week. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. Last Monday night, as you know, we were here recording. Season 1, episode 22, the Chris Kelly episode, Trade Center, and afterwards, I went out to play drop-in hockey for the very first time. Nice. I got one I got one shot on net. Actually, that's not true. I got one shot, and I missed the net completely. So <laughs> that's if the name one of... shot attempt? Exactly. You so had four C of, of the... one? Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, if the name of the game was to hit the backboards... Fucking succeeded at that, but I didn't hit the net. Nice. But I did go out to do some stick and puck hockey there this morning, so that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. How are you holding up against the regulars? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'll be the first to admit I'm not a great skater. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a great skater, but I'm not a god awful skater. I can go forwards and go sideways without falling down. It's the stopping and going backwards is what I have a problem with, but, you know, other than that, I do okay. Yeah, those are the worst, though. Different than skating on the synthetic ice, because the synthetic ice, it's like, I don't know how to describe it, but when you're skating on synthetic ice, it's like you have more of a grip, whereas on ice, you have no grip at all when you're trying to stop. Okay, that kind of sounds like, it's sort of like the difference between artificial turf and real turf. Yes, your cleats don't go in as your cleats don't go in as easy, mm-hmm. and they don't come out as easy. Very true. 
Yeah, I always hated play. I actually really prefer artificial turf because, like, you're not going to hurt yourself like on a badly kept real turf. No. Yeah. All right. Anything else happened? Um, you know what? We actually had a few functions because it was career day. Uh, I had to break down the teacher's lounge and the head of the school's house, which oh. was pretty busy day on Saturday. And our dishwasher was just bitching and complaining about, well, you know, you brought all these shit back and why are you doing it now when we're just getting busy? Why can't you do it when it wasn't busy? I said, we don't have any fucking time to do that. Yeah, kick him in the nuts. Well, it's, it's a chick. I can't really kick her. I could punch her in the kidney, but I don't know if that would help. I guess you could do like... Oh, I can't even say that one on radio. Shit. Well, we're not on radio, Tim. We're on a podcast. I don't know. It's... Well, let me just you say... You can figure out my rhyme and then realize how vulgar it is. Oh, you can work backwards Jesus. to it. Is this one of these things where you have to look around and make sure Chelsea's not in the same room? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, we'll, we'll save that for another day. So, uh, did you get a chance to listen to last week's episode, Tim? Yeah. Um, honestly, I didn't. Like, I was just running around all week. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I didn't listen to it either. I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, it was pretty good. Well, I will go on the record and say that it happened. Ah. Uh, <laughs> All right, I owe everybody a beer. (laughs) No, I'm not answering you. Leave me alone. (laughs) Oh, I'm definitely not cutting that out of the episode. You owe me a beer, buddy. You know what? We we still owe that guy with the Move Melnick Keep Carlson sign, too. Oh, yeah. We're really starting to add up that drink tally. That's true. Even though this is the first time my phone has ever gone off here on the show, so... I'm pretty proud of myself. Yep. Actually, fair. Well, my phone's pretty much always on silent, so. Yeah. For a second there, when I went off, I'm looking at it, I'm like, if this is Tim, I'm swearing I get really mad. Oh. I'm getting you next episode, buddy. Oh, eh, shit. <laughs> so what's the birthday boy up to this week? Anything fun? Uh, Not a whole lot. Uh, I went down to my dad's yesterday for a birthday dinner. Um going to be doing another birthday dinner tonight nice but at the moment i'm sitting here recording season one episode 23 the third line plug sensecast i kind of blew it this week because i kind of forgot to put up a poll for what player that we're going to be naming the episode after this week there aren't a ton of 23s though so i guess we'll just pick one yeah so i'm just gonna quickly go on to hockey um hockey reference let me just quickly bring this up Jersey numbers. Well, I mean, it is your birthday, so I think you get choice. You get the choice. True. Jersey numbers. Okay, let's have a look here. Hockey rabbits. Okay, 23-23-23. Okay, we have 12 players. Uh, Chris Luongo, Brian Glenn, Claude Boyvin, Yaroslav M- Mordi. Uh, Krischer Olsen, Radam Bickner. I have never heard of any of these players. Oh, Carl Rakunik. I've heard of him. Casper Dogovins. Oh. Oh, I got it. My favorite short-term senator, Yerky Yokopaka. 
Wow. I was down with Kasparis, but it's your choice, bud. Yeah, we're going to name this the Yuri Yakopaka episode. Runners-up were Dog Events, Scott Gomez, and Nick Shore. Fuck, we should have picked Scott Gomez. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, let's see. At number 24, we've got... Ooh, we've got some Ooh. beauty, sir. No, we got Volchenkov. Volchenkov, Steven DaCosta, and Victor Stahlberg. Oh, I forgot about Stefan DaCosta. And a, a guy by the name of John Gruden. Who? <laughs> well, some people would know him as the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. I know him as number 24 of the Ottawa Senators from 1999 to 2000. Different Hi. John Gruden, though. Yeah. Different, different. He played one season. Pretty cool. Excellent. Well, Tim, now that we got that out, all that out of the way, let's segue into this little segment I like to call Top of the Hour. Not going to lie, Tim, this has been a pretty quiet news week. However, we just did come off the trade deadline, so this is kind of expected. Uh, also, get... thank fucking God. Oh, fuck, I know, right? Uh, like, we got... Yeah, oh, the last two weeks were just a fucking spin cycle, dude. Oh, I know. Well, how many trades did we have to talk about last week? Uh, you had six. You had six pages of uh, eight and a half by eleven. You know what's funny? I still have them sitting right here. Yeah, like that was a lot. And not to mention the Carl, like the Carlson trade rumors. Melnick opening his mouth. Pierre Dorian opening his mouth. The decl- like the Boucher boys not even making it to the trade deadline. I know it's insane. Yeah, like. I'm fine with a bit of a, a little bit of respite here. Oh, for sure. Let's get into the stories. Uh, Nashville Predators GM David Pohl became the winningest GM in the NHL as the Predators defeated the Oilers on March 1st, giving him 1,320 wins, topping Glenn Sather's 1,319. 1, Pohl served as the GM of the Washington Capitals from the 83-84 season until he joined the then-expansion Nashville Predators in 1998. I gotta ask, Holy did you see? Shit. I know. Did you see the Seer Leader tweet that he put up? Oh, that was savage, dude. Oh, I read that and I was like, oh, that's so fucking savage. That's like Macho Man level of savageness. Rest in peace. But, uh, holy crap, I didn't even. Re- well, first, Seer Leader's been going on a fucking rampage on Twitter, hey? I know. Am I gonna start have to. Am I really gonna have to start following Seer Leader on Twitter? Well, you should. Because, like, he always he posts cool stuff about the Ottawa region anyway. Mm-hmm. But just the serial leader Twitter rampage has just been a thing. Didn't he go off on Eugene Melnick on Twitter, too? Multiple times. Like, it's pretty constant. Wow, that is insane to think. I mean, I guess not overly insane to think about, but considering that well, he... I still don't have him on Twitter, so this is very disturbing to me. Yeah, well, like, Cyril got super cheeky towards Melnick back when uh, El Sam- Salmi left. Right. And then when he became CEO. Oh, <laughs> Fucking Melnick. But uh, the other thing is I didn't realize how long Poyle had been around. Yeah, I remember reading that David Poyle had become the, the GM of the Predators back in 98. I knew about that, but I didn't know about the previous years of him with the Washington Capitals. Like, yeah, he's clocked 30 years as a GM. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's just insane to think of. And, like, just how much time he spent over 
the experience he's building and how long he's just been quietly underrated because he built some good capitals teams let alone the the surprising amount of success the sorry the predators have had over the last 20 20 odd years well he took the capitals from being a total laughing stock in the late night late 90s late 70s early 80s from being really competitive to being a team that can't get over the hump to finally getting to the finals and then once he got to the finals, that's when he left for Nashville. Hmm. And then Nashville, like he took them from a crappy, like an expansion team. And even in the, even in like the late two thousands, the Nashville Predators were a fixture of the playoff race, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive, because it took the Columbus Blue Jackets, who came to the league around a similar in a similar time, kind of similar time frame, like an extra five years before that really became a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hats off. Like Poyle has been, he's been an excellent GM. Uh, I do wonder about this record though, because for the last part of his career, ties weren't a thing, but then again, slats had the same thing. So honestly, who gives a shit? Oh, for sure. Let's go to um, our next story. Yeah. Tim. The ownership group of the potential Seattle NHL franchise has stopped accepting donations for season tickets after selling 33,000 season tickets in 48 hours. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Vegas, I think, sell nine in 48 hours? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I remember Which they're... Is still impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, that's half your ring. Well, the fact that they got 33,000 in 48 hours definitely shows the NHL that Seattle is hungry for an NHL franchise. Well, I think it means Seattle is ready to go. Well, for sure, man. I mean, yeah, they've got like, a building that's going to be renovated, so they're really hoping for 2020-21 season to get into the NHL. Uh, actually, one of the local rock stations was talking about they wanted to start a contest to see what the name of the Seattle NHL franchise would be, and so my mom tagged me in it, and I said... I still say the Seattle Thunderbirds would be a great NHL name, but the WHL owns it. I'm still going with, uh, what was mine? I said the Seattle Ravens and the Nighthawks. Yeah, and I think I said like the Seattle Kraken or the Evergreens. Apparently somebody did a mock logo for the Seattle Kraken. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I just think the Seattle Nighthawks would be perfect because the fans could, like kind of like what the Seahawks fans do with the Seahawks. You can go night. Hawks. Well, the area around Puget Sound also has uh, a large U.S. submarine base. Mm-hmm. So you could go with the Seattle Sea Wolves. You could. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm still going with the Nighthawks, though. Even though I think the Cobra Commanders would be a better name, but not here, there, or anywhere, Tim. Yeah. Although, did you see on Twitter? It seems like the city, the whole city's pretty jazzed on an NHL team. Uh, there was a certain something on top of the Space Needle. Yes, there was a red flag with the NHL logo for 2020 on top of the Seattle Space Needle. Actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. If Seattle gets an NHL franchise, their shoulder patch should be the Seattle Space Needles with hockey sticks as the leg. Oh, that'd be cool. Now, here's yeah. the thing, though. The top of the Space Needle, do you make that a puck, though? Honestly, like, the more I think about a Seattle team, the more I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. because there's just so many cool ways you can go with it. Oh, for sure, man. And, of course, and we've talked about here on the show, they have a built-in rivalry with Vancouver, and, you know, there's a large group of hockey fans in Washington State and 
Oregon, so you'll definitely draw fans from both of those states. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, like, they've got a good drawing area, and you'd probably be able to pull from, like, Idaho and Montana. Maybe not Montana, but definitely Idaho and uh, Nevada. Is, well, no, Nevada now has the Golden Knights, so That's there's right. definitely a large area to pull from. Yeah, I think they've got, like, what, 41, 42 wins at the moment? Yeah, like, if you're going to cement fans for life, having a kick-ass first season is definitely a way to go. I was talking with this about... I was talking to this about... With Adam. I was like... You know, I understand. Like, it's great to see that Vegas is finally, like, really embracing the Golden Knights. Now, granted, it's because they're winning, but regardless, it's nice to see that the fans and the people of Nevada have really embraced the Golden Knights. Well, think about it. Has Seattle ever had... Sorry, Seattle, because we're talking about it. Nevada. Like, Nevada sports teams have historically just been god-awful. Nevada has never had a pro team. Well, I mean, like, they've always had, like, these stupid, like, teams from, like, stupid startup gimmick leagues. You're not so, talking like, is... about the XFL! <laughs> you hate me. But, uh, no, like, this is the first time that the people of Las Vegas have really been given a chance to have a real sports team. Mm-hmm. And it's nice and, to like... see that they're embracing it. And now, with the Oakland Raiders going to Nevada here in the next couple of years, Vegas, man, they're going to become a huge sports city. Well, honestly, it's fitting because, like, all the sports gambling money was going through Vegas anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might as well have a few sports teams there, too. Although, I guess Vegas is... That makes Vegas no longer neutral ground. No, not at all. Although, real talk, do you think the NHL is going to stop having all their awards in Vegas now that it's the home of a team? Good question. Um... You know what? I'm not sure about that, to be perfectly honest with you. They might keep it in Vegas, or they might sort of move it around. Kind of like what, like, the Junos here in Canada do every year, where they go from city to city and do it that way. Yeah, because uh, in the U.S., like, the Emmys and the Oscars are always in L.A., right? Yeah. Did you see Kobe Bryant won an Oscar? What? Yeah, Kobe Bryant, he had a fucking... Uh, a short film that was nominated for an Oscar and he won. Jesus Christ, that's hilarious. So I put up a tweet. I says, um, Oscars won by Kobe, one. Oscars won by LeBron, zero. zero. Case closed. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's awesome. I laughed so hard. Like, I thought they were joking when I read that. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Kobe Bryant, holy fuck, he actually won an Oscar. Yeah, it's just like that. He fucking won. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So Tim, we only oh, got geez. one more story. Is it Ottawa related? Well, let this music cue answer that question for you. <laughs> I'm still saying he's walking through the fucking offices as a CEO doing this. And yes, Tim. Hold on a second. Ottawa Senators owner and CEO Eugene Melnick sent an open letter to season ticket holders. The open letter discusses Melnick's commitment to keep the team in Ottawa, the development of LeBreton Flats, and his commitment in investing in the team. Also, it discussed the fact that he bought the team 17 years ago, and you should be thankful. 15. Bought in 2003. 15. But the point stands. Oh, for sure. Now, for those who didn't read the email, I went through the trouble of skiing... 
screen capping the letter, and I'm just going to read it to you right now. Ready, Tim? Oh, boy. Okay. To our valued Senator supporters, this has been a disappointing season for our team. Our place in the standing speaks for itself. Trust me, no one is more aware of this and more frustrated by it than I am. But one challenging year doesn't define our team, and if anything, the commitment to reestablish our great great fr- franchise and reclaim our place atop of the NHL standings should unite all Sens fans, partners in season tickets, season seat members. Now is the time for us to focus on the future rather than dwelling on a difficult season. Remember, it was just a year ago we came within one goal of playing for the Stanley Cup. That grit and fire are still part of the Senators' DNA. When I came on board, the Ottawa Senators were in deep financial trouble. Together with your support, we brought this team back to life, and we've had Canada's most successful NHL on-ice performance over the past 15 years. Backed by, backed by Ottawa fans and the entire community, I have demonstrated my commitment by giving you the best possible team over and over again. Today, I am just as committed to the Ottawa Senators and to keeping them in the city of Ottawa as I was in 2003. Yikes. Enduring a tough season has given us a chance to for a clear-eyed reevaluation. This is an ongoing process, but I can tell you one thing. We are not looking to tweak our lineup nor mortgage our future for stopgap solutions. That kind of change requires to reclaim our standards. Our standing needs a change in approach. Requires difficult decisions and commitment to a plan. As an organization and community, it meant saying goodbye to some very good players this season, quality men who gave their all on the ice and in the community. As a team, we need to get younger, faster, and more skilled. We are already annou- we have already announced several key stop- steps to making that happen. I remain committed to investing in what is needed to identify, draft, and develop the players that embody what it means to be an Ottawa center. We have a strong foundation of players on this team and in the pipeline ready to contribute. The passion of our fans in the Ottawa community is unlike any in the NHL. As owner, that is the most important thing of all. That's why we are looking to improve every aspect of the Ottawa fan experience. And of course, we continue to work towards realizing our vision for the Breton Flats. Over the coming months, you will learn more about the about our plans to improve the fan experience, to make our games more fun, accessible, and affordable, and to have a greater presence in our community. Every day, we are mindful and proud to represent the passion, strength, and integrity of the NHL, of the National Capital Region, both on and off the ice. Every member of the organization understands our responsibility to make a positive community impact. We, we are dedicated to an even bigger to an even larger part of Ottawa's fabric to ensure that no matter the outcome of on the ice on any given night, we'll always, always be winning in the community. On a personal level, let me repeat that I have every intention of rebuilding the Senators to become the finest NHL team and bring a Stanley Cup to Ottawa. I remain a diehard Sens fan. I know you are too. We value your support and hope you can join us. Join in our excitement about the future of for this team. Thank you. Essentially, what he's saying is, me, 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 one goal, me, 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 I bought this team, me, me, me. You know what's fucking amazing about the letter, though? At the beginning, he's like, oh, let's not overreact to one bad season, and then, like, not even a paragraph later, let's let's blow the fucker up. It's so inconsistent. You know know what was inconsistent was my reading of that letter. (laughs) 
<laughs> no kidding. It well, got you gotta like... understand, I'm reading it off my phone right now, and it's very little. I'm putting it right to my face, like, yes, yes this. Oh, okay. Yeah, that fucking letter, man. Like, it's like for the amount of pain that everyone's gone through in the last few weeks. This thing is this letter is like too little, too late, and it makes too, it makes no sense. Well, for sure, and I know a lot of people on Twitter have already criticized Melnick for the open letter. Well, open in big open square quotes because it only went to season ticket holders. So open in the sense that it went to open wallets. Yeah, that's that's not good, man. It should have gone out to every fan. Well, it should have gone up on OttawaSenators.com. Yes, it should have. Second, it's like, yeah, it's a lot of me, me, me. Third, you could have avoided so much of this by just fucking off and telling Pierre Dorian just do what's best for the team. Yeah, just look at what they've done in Chicago. Look what they're doing in Winnipeg. Look what they're doing in Nashville. You never see ownership meddle with the front office staff. Hell, look at the fucking New England Patriots. That's Kraft true. just lets Belichick go. Yeah, well, Kraft is... We're quickly learning how greasy that fuck is, too. Yeah. Well, did you see but, that that whole thing about... Like, I think Kraft 72, his girlfriend's 39, and she's pregnant with his kid, and now he's come out saying the kid's not his? Jeez. Yeah. Stay classy there, New England. Yeah, but on the other hand, they won five Super Bowls. Don't rub that in, Tim. <laughs> So they're doing <laughs> something right, as long as it's not, as although it's probably not being human beings you want to spend time with. Very true. Well, Tim, I guess that wraps up top of the hour. Now, it's time to head into the games. we got three games to talk about. we got the Sens versus the Capitals, Sens versus the Golden Knights, and the Sens versus the Coyotes. But before we do that, let's hit the music. It's time to play the game. Okay, Tim, let's start talking about the games of the week. And we got to start off with the Ottawa Senators versus the Washington Capitals. This was a 3-2 Capitals victory. Sens goals were scored by Mike Hoffman and Eric Carlson. Capitals goals were scored by Evgeny Kunetsov with two and Tom Wilson. Shots were 30-22 for the Ottawa Senators. An exciting game overall by both Washington and Ottawa. Both teams tried to set the tone in the first minute, and they created numerous scoring chances throughout the game, including Mark Stone with three in the first period. I have to say, this is probably Ottawa's best game that they have played in a while. Yeah, and uh, that's because I think Ottawa got a lot of good performances out of a lot of players, and addition... I hate to sound mean, but addition by subtraction. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, two people I really want to highlight is uh, Freddie Clayson and JG Pajo. Okay. This is the, this game we saw the Freddie Clayson that we were hoping to see last season. Mm-hmm. Like he was definitely on the right side of the shots department, moving the play well, and he really plays very well with Eric Carlson. Oh, for sure, man. You know when I said in my notes, or I put in my notes, uh, this was one of the overall best team games that Ottawa's played in a while. And this is including Eric Carlson. The only real c- criticism I have, and I can't remember if it was this game or the Vegas game, Thomas Shabbat, he just, he looked all right, but he wasn't, didn't he look He had great. a rough game. Yeah. But he was also anchored with Cody fucking CeCe. So it is Cody CeCe's fault that Dion sucked. Damn yeah. it. 
Cody CC is widely considered to be one of the worst active defense, like active defensemen out there. But I think it's because he's been miscast by Pierre, sorry, by Guy Boucher. Right. And honestly, I think you could say that about a lot of the Senators. Oh, for sure. Like, if Guy Boucher was a little less crazy and Andy played a little better, the season would have gone so much differently. Yeah, but you know what, though? I think you can't just fault Andy because Condon also didn't look very good this season either. Oh, for sure. Like, Ottawa's goaltending situation was the shit. Yeah, which is not... Which I honestly can't say about this game because both Mike Condon and uh, Grubar both looked really good for their teams in that game. Okay. Now, I didn't get to watch this full game. What the hell happened to Borvietsky? Honestly, the only thing I remember is that Tom Wilson and Borvieski got into a fight, and the Capitals DJ played the Stone Cold Steve Austin theme. And I was like, fucking right on! Yeah, because Borvietsky only played two minutes. Did he just get hurt in the fight? Or did he get tossed? Uh, no, I think he got hurt, honestly. Uh, okay. I do got to talk a little bit about Tom Wilson, because... Now, you were talking about that you didn't watch the full game. The one note I have on him was that Wilson cross-checked Jean-Gabriel Pajot after Carlson scored to make it 3-2, and Carlson jumped Wilson. Nice. Well, that's the thing I really like about uh, Eric Carlson is he's he sticks up for his guys. He does. And you know what? I was saying to somebody at work, I say, though, despite everything that was going on the past couple of weeks, the one thing I could always respect about Eric Carlson he never threw the team or any of the players under the bus. Yeah, and honestly, that like that's really well done. Like, sure, he got poo-pooed by the shitheads in the media for not taking que- for not giving out questions, but honestly, it didn't do anyone any good. No, it did. So, like, good on him. Also, did did Carlson score from below the goal line again? No, he didn't, <laughs> he didn't score from behind the net. He was just inside, or just outside that, the goal line. Oh, uh, okay. Because that'd be crazy if he did that. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. Oh, I would have. Oh, I love the guy though. You know what? This is going to be a theme for the rest of the episode. But I've been very happy with uh, second line center Jean Gabriel Peugeot. Yes, actually, and the game coming up, I also was very impressed with JGP in this game. And here's something that, like, I've heard and I haven't had a chance to really check it out myself, but uh, apparently Pajot, like, was, he lit up both the, I think he played in the Q and uh, the AHL, he lit both of those up. So maybe it's not surprising that Pajot has offensive instincts that we didn't know about it, other he, ag- against teams that aren't the Habs. That's true, but then again, Ottawa has never put him in a position where he can show that he is an offensive presence. Yeah, and, well, I think we got it this week. Absolutely. Do you have any more notes on the Caps game, or should we go into our second game of the night? Uh, Oh, let's go on to Vegas, man. For sure. The Ottawa Senators versus the Vegas Golden Knights. This is a 5-4 Senators victory. So nice when the Sens actually win for once. Sens goals are scored by Mark Stone, Bobby Ryan, Matthew Shane, JGP, and Alex Burrows? What? What? Gold Knights were scored by William Carlson, Riley Smith, Colin Miller, and Ryan Carpenter. Once again, an exciting game by both Vegas and the Ottawa Senators. Both teams played a good game with Ottawa outplaying Vegas in the second period and Vegas outplaying Ottawa in the third. Now, despite both goalies having a .868 save percentage, none of the goals in this game were bad goals. 
I always, uh, once again, got to point out another great team effort by the Ottawa Senators, especially Eric Carlson, who quietly got three assists in this game. Honestly, that's amazing. Yeah, like, it seems like after the trade deadline, it seems like a weight's been lifted off his shoulder, and I think that weight was uh, Johnny Oduya. Absolutely. Well, the one thing we didn't talk about in the last couple of episodes was, I think we sort of hinted at it, but Eric Carlson didn't look great. Honestly, do you really think those trade rumors and everything really got to him? Because it really showed in those games that he played. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. This is all fucking weird. Like, looking at the shot map for this game, it's fucking weird. Yeah. Like, it, like both teams just came at each other in, in waves. Well, the only thing I could really say about Vegas was that overall, they were a very mixed bag defensively. Um, I thought they had a really good first period. They were really meh in the second, and they... Played pretty decently in the third period, all things considered. Yeah, and then that Burroughs goal just kind of put the fork in them. Oh, for sure. But also, why the hell was Burroughs playing? Because the suspension's up. Well, he got waved and nobody took him. Like, I'd rather see... I'd even rather see Jim O'Brien and Max McCormick play more than Burroughs. Because, like, they actually weren't too bad. Oh, for sure. You know what really hurts, Tim? I went back to watch that Kyle Turris OT winner against New York in 2012... If you were to tell me six years later only one of those guys would still be here and it's not Kyle Turris, I would have not believed you. I would have said, what? Jim O'Brien's still here? Yeah. Fucking Jim O'Brien. Apparently he's actually not the worst. In, like, he's actually a solid AHL veteran. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I would rather I would rather have like Colin White or Philip Schlopek up. Yeah, but the White thing is, is though, do you really so want to play them in the bottom six, though? That's fair, but also means that we wouldn't have Tom Pyatt playing with uh, Duchesne and Hoffman. Yeah, that I really don't understand. If anything, I would have put somebody like Mark Stone or maybe even Ryan DeZingle. Okay, well, maybe not, cool. well, actually, maybe not DeZingle. DeZingle's our left shot. Yeah, definitely Mark Stone. Mark Stone's a right-handed shot. Or Payarvi, even. Yeah, PRV wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, like, this is... A th and then he played Hoffman and Duchesne like a fucking third line? Yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't know why Guy Boucher is doing that. How many times have we said that this year? I don't know why Guy Boucher is doing that. Like, honestly, it definitely looks like, hey, boys, want to see what I could do and not get fired? Yep. Ah, uh, it's, it's a fucking mess, though. Oh, for sure. Speaking of messes, though, Craig Anderson and Marc-Andre Fleury. For fuck's sake. <laughs> okay, you know what? Hold on, I'm just gonna fucking turn that on. Why didn't you do that the first time? <laughs> hey, Tim, shut up. You owe me another beer. Yeah. And these are stampede beers, too, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. $8 Budweiser's. Woo woo. Tim, fuck you. <laughs> so let's go back to talking about the goaltending because, and I said this off the top, a .868 save percentage. But then again, none of them are really bad goals. Honestly, some of them were pretty cool. Yeah. And Ottawa's were all in close. Mm-hmm. With the exception of that page, that Pajot snipe from on top of the circle. Ooh, that was nice. Hmm. Like, 
Vegas, they're getting dirty goals that they're actually yeah, a lot of it was just nice getting the puck in. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, I can't really fault the goaltenders, but it was not exactly a defense a game where you would expect defensive prowess. No god no. No, it was it was a puck fest. Although uh the only sender the only send D that really got the wor- the shit end of the stick in that game. You know who I'm gonna say? You're not you're not talking about You know what? A lot of pundits say that he's not very good, but he's a guy that I want on my team. T D Pierre Dorian. CC? Up. Dude got buried. Like even Tom, like Thomas Shabbat was his most common line mate, and Thomas Shabbat was treading water as far as shots go. So I don't have any more notes to talk about the Golden Knights game. Should we go on to our third and final game of the evening? Actually, Ben Harper looked pretty good too. I honestly didn't really notice him out there, to be all honesty. He did really well in his defensive assignments. Hmm. Okay. So congrats to him. The Pajot line was was solid. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah, like, well, even the Jim O'Brien line played pretty good. Like, I, f- I feel like this might have been one of Ottawa's best team efforts to date. Right. And, of course, we move into a game in Arizona the next night. Ottawa Senators versus the Arizona Coyotes. This was a 2-1 to Coyotes victory. Sens goals were scored by Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Coyotes goals were scored by Oliver ekman Larson. Actually, I do got to admit that was a nice goal. And Jordan Martinuk. Shots were 27-24 for the Coyotes. I'm not going to lie. Pretty boring game to sit through. Lots of dump and chase hockey. Not a ton of scoring chances. That being said, both goal, both teams did score. And the only real memorable moment is when I heard the play-by-plays guy say... Nick Cousins, and I thought he said Kirk Cousins, who's the quarterback for the Washington Redskins. Nice. You know what I did? Did you watch the Sportsnet feed? Yes. Yeah. God, no. those play-by-plays guys were Actually, no, bad. it was um, City TV. Yeah, the City TV guys were just awful, hey? Yeah, I listened to them. I'm like, who are these guys? Like, I've never heard them before. They were getting lost in the play. And like I know, I know we give Bob Cole a hard time, but a Bob Cole is usually good to listen to, and b Bob Cole can actually keep up with the play. I'm very happy that they brought Chris Cuthbert back. Yeah, that too. But I like Chris these Cuthbert. Fuckers, jeez, it was so bad. I started listening to the Arizona play-by-play. How were they? They're good boys. I actually like them. Paul Bizanet working for Coyotes. No, but they referenced him because apparently he dumped on Oliver Ekman Larson before the show. Really? Sorry, before the game. I forget what he said, but then Oliver Ekman Larson scored it. Then the guy's like, ah, Biz Nasty's going to be eating his words tonight. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, one thing I noticed was like, the announcers were really kind to Eric Carlson. Well, they have to. He's still an Ottawa senator. Well, I mean, for like the, the Arizona guys. Oh. They're like, yeah, this guy is like, I don't know why people say he's bad defensively. Look at him just moving this puck. He's the only thing Ottawa's got. You know what? I only got one note, and it's, well, it happened. Yeah. Uh, Actually, another weird thing was uh, they were talking about the Arizona Coyotes' uh, upcoming road trip, and uh, they kept talking about going to God's country in Edmonton. I was like, who the fuck calls it that? 
Well, I mean, maybe it's the same people that still call it the City of Champions. You mean their road sign? Yep. But, like, have you ever heard anyone refer to, like, the area around Edmonton as God's country? Mm, yes and no. I've heard it. I've heard it referenced, but never towards Edmonton. I've heard other hockey terms like the state of hockey or hockey town or the Lone Star of hockey, but never God's country. With refer when referring to freaking Edmonton. I know. And I was saying to my grandparents there today when I was talking to them, I'm like, nobody likes Edmonton. They're just sort of there. They accept that they're living there. They make a little bit of money while they're there. And then they leave once they get the chance. Yeah, pretty much. Look at Chelsea. It was funny. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, yeah, Chelsea was born there. And she's like, I've never heard anyone call it that. Like, she's, like, I mentioned it again. And she just, like, perked up through the door. Just like, nobody calls it that. That would have been great for the show if you had said that. And Chelsea's just pops in going, like, they don't call it that. <laughs> uh, I guess one thing I really noticed is... This era, you could tell that that was an Arizona Coyote team that was on a bit of a roll. Right. And that the Ottawa Senators had definitely played last night. Mm-hmm. Like, the Senators were... The D, Ottawa's team was nowhere to be found that game. Uh, and that's how Martinook even got into position. Because Martinook's goal was actually pretty filthy, too. Oh, my God, it was. Like, uh... Yeah, like... Ot well, he Ottawa's snuck behind CeCe and Dezingle to score that goal, too. Yeah, and uh, the puck got past Carlson, and both them, had, both Dzingel and CC had lost their uh, defensive assignment, and then that was that. For sure. Uh, you know, when this team is healthy, it looks pretty damn good. Yes, it does. I mean, granted, I think we talked about this at the beginning of the season. We said Arizona was going to be the most improved team. Boy, we're sure eating a lot of crow for that, aren't we? We're eating a lot of crow, but God, that team was pretty banged up for most of the year like yeah. they they had a long time without ranta and uh the their their backup was just tr was so trash they traded them after eight games uh which backup though they had like several they had they had several hill but... langenhammer uh who else do they have fucking he's on chicago now. Demikin or whatever his name is they're the young guy yeah, oh, Doming, Doming. Doming, and now they got uh, Darcy Kemper. Still praise the move, though. Yeah, like, I think Ranta Kemper is actually a pretty good tandem. Uh, but, like, they're missing Jarmelson, they're missing... Gal I think they're missing Golgoski. Uh, either they weren't properly playing, or Anthony Duclair just wasn't, wasn't fitting in. Right. Um... But Derek Stepan was injured for a bit. So, like, this team just, they couldn't get anything going. Mm -hmm. But I still I still think they have one of the best, like, one of the most solid uh, defensive cores in the NHL with uh, Larson, Demirs, Goligoski, Jarmelson. Oh, for sure, man. Like, that's fucking solid. And then they're actually not too bad down center with uh, Stepan, Richardson, Dvorak. Yeah, actually, they just, they just got to prove it now on the scoreboard. That's all. Yeah, and they and they I guess they also need their wingers to fill out a bit. Mm-hmm. And but Clayton Keller's been having a quietly been having a good season too. Yes, he has. I know he was in the running for the Calder Trophy this year, which is nuts considering the state of his team. 
Yeah, I still think that the Coyotes are on the upswing. Well, let's hope that's true, Tim, because I don't want to be eating crow again about the Coyotes. Yeah, no kidding. Fucking team's not even worth it, dude. No, God, no. Uh, one thing I do want to talk about, and I did mention about the, the Nick Cousins comment. I said to one of my coworkers, who's an NFL fan, I said, watch for the Arizona Cardinals go after Kirk Cousins in free agency. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if they go after Kirk Cousins and Nick Cousins plays for the Coyotes? Oh, that'd actually be cool. Actually, I can't even think of any cross-sports brothers playing in the same town. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the only ones I can think of are the Sutters and the Stalls, but other than that... But then again, that's that's all hockey. But this isn't like a sub... Like, imagine if, like... Like, I guess it would be like if Vancouver had an NBA team and Rick Nash... Rick Nash, sorry. Steve Nash was playing because Steve Nash's younger brother played uh, soccer professionally for the Whitecaps. Yes, he does. And if I'm not mistaken, Steve Nash's sister is married to Manny Maholtra. Yes. So I guess he could have had that. Could have. Yeah, but the Grizzlies are gone. For now, anyway. Probably forever. Well, there's rumors that the NBA wants to return to Vancouver, so... And they've got a building. they got a building ready to go. Yeah, that's true. Uh, do you think that... How many teams... The NBA has 30 teams? I'm not sure on that. I'm going to say yes. Yeah, because there's room for NBA expansion. Unless they want to move a franchise to Vancouver. But I know then again, Seattle has been rumored to get a team too, so. Yeah. I don't know. I like, like the more that we talk about Seattle sports teams, just the more I'm, at first I thought like maybe they can't handle sports teams, but I'm starting to turn on that. That's true. I mean, uh, regardless of what your thoughts are on those teams, like they do have a dedicated fan base. I mean, it's not like, like what it is for the Washington State Huskies. No, University of Washington Huskies, Washington State Cougars. But yeah. pro teams is different because you can sort of go in and out with them. And I remember, can't remember who it was he was talking about that Seattle's a very fair weather sports city. That they really jump on the wagon whenever their teams are doing well. Like you saw it with the Sonics in the 90s. You saw it with the Mariners at the same time. You saw it with the Seahawks in the last five, six years. Mm-hmm. But then again, those teams had a very dedicated fan base. And I know yeah, even like, back in the day, like the Kingdom was routinely sold out for Seahawks games. How long have the Mariners been not very good? And they, they're still around? Yeah, they haven't been good. I think the last time they were good was 2001, and they won like 116 games. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it's been a while since the Mariners have been half decent and people are still going to games. Yeah. I mean, granted, if you're watching on TV, the building's like half full, but, you know, people are still going. Yeah. Generally, the building's full when teams are like the Blue Jays or the Yankees or somebody shows up. Mm-hmm. Actually, one thing I did notice about Seattle and bandwagoning was uh, I remember I was in Seattle during Vancouver's run to the Cup in 2011. Right. Yeah, and I was I was shocked to see so many uh, Vancouver jerseys in Seattle. Yeah, and then uh, I went back I went back to Seattle this year during the playoff run, and uh, not a Vancouver jersey to be seen. But there was like there was a few a few Chicago. Uh, I, yeah, there was a few Chicago, a few Predators, and that was about it. Hmm, that's interesting. 
Yeah, so it does like credits to the Seattle bag wagon. Oh, for sure. Oh, there was a few caps and one Ottawa Senators. That was you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was funny because we were there for uh, an. An I was there for uh, SoccerCon, uh, Seattle's large anime convention. Okay. And uh, the Saturday was the day that uh, Dion Phaneuf scored the overtime winner. Oh, against the Bruins. Against Boston. Okay, now, uh, was this at the convention center? Pardon? That anime convention. Was that the Seattle Conference Center? Not the uh, Conference Center. Convention Center? Yeah, the Washington State one that's, like, downtown, but kind of under the freeway. Yep. Yeah, so it was in there, and we're, like, going up the escalators, and uh, Chelsea and I, were, we weren't, we'd taken off our cosplay for the day and just switched back into regular clothes. Right. And I was wearing a Senator's jersey, and, uh, su like, sub guy, as we're going up the escalators, like, dude, I'm not a sense fan, but fuck the Bruins. <laughs> That's awesome. And then another guy's like, yo, Dion Phaneuf went to my high school. Fuck Phaneuf, but fuck the Bruins more. Wow, that's insane, man. Yeah, so it was like the hockey opinion in, in Seattle was like strong. It was like weak towards teams, but strongly fuck the Bruins. Well, you know what? Out of the original six teams, the Bruins are one of the most hated. That's I not named Montreal or Toronto. I've always wondered why. Is it just because, like, as far as, like, teams that are known to play with, like, grit and edge, they're nothing compared to fucking Philly. No, but you know what? A lot of people have a lot of prejudice against the New England teams, whether it's the Patriots, the Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins. Yeah, I guess you're right. But it's like, yeah. But, like, hockey, like, if you want, like, a, like the, the heel team of hockey, yeah, it's got to be the Philadelphia Flyers, man. Oh, for sure. Like, they even have f the fucking store, the history of Eric Lindros. Yeah, and the Broad Street Bullies. Yeah, like, if you want a team that's just like... And then you have Philly fans to boot, who are fucking insane. We saw it with the Eagles in their Super Bowl. Yeah, they had to grease up the light poles. <laughs> that's funny. You know, Tim, yeah. even though I could sit here and talk about sports and all that good stuff, I think it's, a, I think it's time to head to the close. What do you think? Yeah, we stopped talking about uh, Senators Hockey a while ago. Yeah, but this has been a good conversation. Good conversation indeed. Yeah, well, it's what podcasting lives off. For sure. Let's head into the close. I just want to say thank you so much, guys, for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. We hope you enjoy it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording them for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash Third Line Plug Sensecast. Because our bod Dave made the mention, we are also on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter at Third Line Plug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at M901 Honey Badger. I am at Great White Gipster, G R 8 W Y T E Gipster. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about this episode, talk about how Melnick is Simpsons meme, or you just want to discuss how much you hate the Boston Bruins, shoot us an email, thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com. So let's head on to the games for this coming week. We have three games on the schedule. We have tonight's game versus the Dallas Stars in Dallas, Thursday versus the Buffalo Sabres, and Friday versus the Calgary Flames. Oh, 4-3. Oh, 4-3. For sure. <laughs> well, guys, until next week, I am your host, Taylor Gibson. And this has been Tim Jancy. Go Sens, guys. Happy birthday, Tay. Thanks, bud.
so long, my time here is up. They're going home!